here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome back, everybody, to Wrestling Omakaze, episode 32. You're getting quite the treat this week with two episodes in the same week. Um, I don't know what you've done to deserve that kind of that kind of special treatment, but maybe it means I won't do an episode next week, or maybe I'll just wait until, very, until the very end of the week. But you're in luck. I wanted to do an episode based on the Voices of Wrestling Match of the Year poll, which will be wrapping up by the time you hear this. Um, it's been going up all week. And I wanted to basically get on, you know, a bunch of different voters here, you know, to you talk about their own ballots, uh, talk about why they voted for these certain matches, and then also talk about the results and whether or not they're surprised where that match fell or, you know, whether it fell exactly where they expected. So to help me with that, I've been joined by right now four people, soon a fifth person because he's he's pulling the same thing he pulled back on the... Uh, the Omakaze Awards episode, where he is doing like a late run-in. But first of all, we have on a first-time guest, uh, Mr. Josh Robinson. Josh, how's Hello. it going? Hello. It's good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, do you want to talk about like your background or how you got involved in the awards? Um, I have a blog. I haven't updated it in a while. Uh, burnout hit me hard, but uh, yeah. That's the about it. I'm on Twitter, <laughs> but I'm not very interesting. But you would see once it, the, this dirty secret of the Voice of Wrestling Awards and, and Kevin Brown when he comes on can also talk about this. Is like once you have a ballot, you just kind of have a ballot. Like even if you don't update your blog, mm, yeah. like all year long, they just Joe just emails it out to you. So that's well, why the same you, thing as the Melter uh, Hall of Fame too. Once you got that, you have it. Yeah, exactly. It's like no one has the time to go through like 200 people and be like, oh, he hasn't updated all year. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but that's why, that's why when Joe lands it, like people get, people get mad about the, 
voice wrestling match of the year bout. Like, there's this dude on Twitter. He, he doesn't listen to podcasts. So I don't have to worry about him hearing this, but uh, Ultimo Dank, I think, is his Twitter handle. And, like, every year he gets really mad that he doesn't have a ballot. And, you know, and Joe's just like, dude, just start a blog. Like, you always do is have a blog and just make a post. And then you have you can have a ballot for life. <laughs> but he just refuses to do it. So, like, his, he just says his Twitter handles is, you know, his, uh, but it's not a Twitter poll. Someone did do a Twitter poll this year. It was Tanner, right? Tanner did, yep. Yeah, I voted in that too. But uh, that, that poll ended up being much more WWE heavy than the voice wrestling poll ended up, um, which was interesting to me because, you know, I, spoiler, I thought WWE had a really shitty year. Um, but yeah, so Josh, it's good to have you on. Do, what, what is your Twitter handle for people who might be wondering? Uh, it's at Mr. Josh Dude. Mr. Uh, Mr. The full word, Mr. Mr. All right. And, and yep. as you can, you can tell by your voice, you're obviously a British fellow. And we, uh, we appreciate you staying up very late here with us to, to be on the, uh, be on the air. Yep. It's currently one, two, three o'clock. <laughs> one, two, three o'clock. I'm usually awake at that time too, but I don't know about like till three or four. So you're... yeah, I mean, I keep meaning to sort my sleeping pattern out, but you know, this isn't helping. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Josh. Um, next we have Mr. Michael Spears, um, my co-host at Open the Voice Gate, a, a podcast that does still exist. And we were, yeah. on one of our, we're on one of our wacky, like, well, no one's scheduled an episode hiatuses. But I, I just watched the Hurricane finally, like, yesterday. And it feels like we might as well just wait for the next Hurricane at this point. But Well, yeah, uh, yeah like, we did do, like, four episodes in three weeks about yeah. over the Christmas holidays. Yeah. So I kind of felt like we kind of deserved our holiday break. So I haven't brought it up, slash I haven't watched any Dragon Gate this year because I'm <laughs> doing a special project this year. So I know, you're like, yeah. fell in the fucking lucha hole. I I decided, and part of this was one of the guys that was on the uh, Omakase ballots, I decided this year that I was going to go hard on Lucha and become a Lucha boy. So that's what I've been doing a lot in my wrestling free time lately is engrossing myself in Lucha Libre. So, yeah, I started a blog about that. Like, guys, if you want a ballot, just start a medium blog. It doesn't take much to get a ballot yeah. from Joe. Blogspot, you know, pretty much anything. WordPress, whatever. But, yeah, yeah. This, this was my third year with a ballot, but only my second year voting. My first year, I forgot about it, to be quite frank. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. no. But I always love doing this, and I always feel like I write way too much for my captions for it. But it's a blast, and I love doing this kind of thing and seeing where everything kind of shakes out. So I'm really stoked to do this. I think it's like my third time on Omakase or something. Uh, yes, you're on. We did the Jakari episode, and then you're on the awards episode, which everybody on here now is qualified for. Again, way to go! Or first time for a couple of you, and the you know, and, and now you're on this. So. Do I yeah, get like yeah. a special award or like a jacket for the three timers club? No, like, there's no three timers club. Pretty no, soon they'll be. Able, I mean, Jesse needs to get on one more time, then then she'll start the five timers club. So okay, so two more episodes. Got it. Yeah, I'll make I'll make like a I'll make like a Twitter icon or something. You can put it. <laughs> I mean, she straight up put put us in her in her profile, which is cool. It's like. She, she was just like, oh, well, I guess I'm just like a correspondent. Like, she didn't tell me she was going to do that. She was like, you can hear me on Wrestle Omikaze. And I was like, okay, I guess she's just like, she's our big Japan slash Wrestle One correspondent, I guess. It's cool. You know like, what? I did... I'll have like a whole network of correspondents at some point. 
I, I, I dig that hustle, though. I mean, yeah. maybe I should just put myself in as a uh, random U.S. Indies correspondent or something. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, glad to be I, here. I mean, I definitely noticed that I have I have I do have a pool of guests so far. I would say. But thank you for coming on again, Michael. Now, here's a brand new guest who is qualifying for the 2018 Omakaze Awards. He was not able to make it for the 2017 Awards. So, Sue, I know you're really excited about that. You're going to have an awards bout this year. Very prestigious awards. Sue, oh. You... oh, hey. <laughs> the, uh, the Google Hangout like froze. Michael sounded like a uh, like an 8-bit banjo at the end there, so I didn't hear my <laughs> intro. But uh, hey, oh. I'm on the show now. <laughs> I was just saying you get a you've now gotten a prestigious 2018 Omakaze Awards bout for the first time. Yeah, this is this is something else. I've got. Uh, KM versus Lashley on on this impact on the TV. Got it on mute. Ready to uh ready to get talking about this list. I'm watching I'm watching 2015 stardom on mute. So that's what I do every basically every episode when I'm recording, I have some some random show that Samurai has aired has aired in the past day, like on my television and mute. But so that that reminds me too, by the way, for people who've heard me talk about the the Japanese TV gimmick that I use, I did post like a pretty thorough guide i think on how to sign up and you know how to subscribe and all that so if you go to my twitter which is i guess for once i'll spell it <laughs> t-o-s-h-a-n-s-h-u-i-n-l-a you can go see uh it's like a big long thread it's uh, just go right to my pictures and you know because there's a lot of pictures and then you can learn how to sign up for fuji tv which is fucking awesome it's like the best thing i watch so much more puro now to have this it's just like turn it on click click and you're watching live television or, you know, seven days video on demand. So it's pretty awesome. But yeah, so uh, if you want to, if you've been wondering about that, you can check that out. But uh, Seth, I didn't do it. You suit though. So what's what's happening, suit? Well, I did just want to go back to your stardom point and say, whoever is on your screen right now, I can guarantee you they are better than KM. So yeah, it was have um, some solace in that. It was uh, what the fuck's her name? Yoma. Yoma I should fucking uh, what's his name? Gonna kill me when I. Don't get this right. Yoniyama, the the queen of YMZ, and Momo, a very young Momo Watanabe, because you know she's very young now. This is two years ago, and the Starlight Kid in a three way match. But now it's going to be uh, Akiyakazawa against Kari Hojo. Ooh, so, okay, uh, I know that name. Number one contendership match. Um, I know the, uh, the main event of this is Dark Angel and Eve Shirai. Ooh, yeah, I've never seen that match. So interesting. Yeah, the only uh, stardom people I know are um, 08 Otai because uh, total, <laughs> the Total Divas app's uh, Twitter always uh, gifts them uh, doing their dance. So Yeah, the, the, that Twitter loves that group. It's, they're, they're, very, they're very something. There's something on it. <laughs> uh, but thank you for joining us for the first time, Mr. Suit Williams. Thank you. And finally, well, for now, because like, we do have one, one run-in to come, but Mr. Kevin Hare from Burning yes. Spirits. What's another, up? Another returning guest. You yes, were on the, that. the crazy G1. The Marathon episode. G1 show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty nuts. I mean, we, we did like, what, so 10 nuts. shows or something? Yeah, we did at least 10 shows every single match of the G1, which yeah. I wasn't thinking we were going to have to do again, but then you were telling me that it was a hit, so... I guess I got to gear up and get ready for this year's. 
Yeah, I don't know if we should do every match again. <laughs> people, I mean, people weirdly did like it, but like, I don't. It's like I just I remember that because it's like that was like right before I left for Japan. Yeah. So like, I I just remember right before I left for Japan, I got together with you and Andrew Rich and broke down like fucking fifty, literally fifty matches. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> five. Um, but yeah. So thanks for coming on, Kevin. Yes, sir. Uh, and we're gonna start talking about our top ten lists. So, Josh, you will kick us off. Um, what is your number ten match? Uh, vote for t- number ten match of the year. <clears throat> uh, my number ten is the finals of the Noah Global Tag League. Uh, it was Kotoge and Go versus Maybach and Marufuji. Uh, this actually came joint last. I was the only person that voted for this. Uh, mm. which so you, so this, was, this was in Sadness Village. It was, yes. Yeah, so one point is all I got. One point, yeah. I was um, really surprised. What was, the, what was the date, by the way? Do you have the date, buddy? Um, it was the 4th of May. Uh, yep, I see it here. Okay. Oh, no, no, it's actually... So that's... Uh, it's American date format, so April 5th. Mm. Yeah, so... I don't know. Yeah, it's April fifth. So because it's four five, it says yeah. on my list. Right, and we're, it's it's American date format. All right. Yeah, not the British date, but yeah. So April fifth, uh, Katoge and Shizaki against Maybach and Marafuji. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was I was really surprised this was this only got the one vote from me because I thought it was fantastic. Um, and I, I think in general Noah just sort of underperformed. Uh, like its highest match was uh, placed at number seventy, which is like really low. When you consider well, they, they had a fantastic year. Do you know what was interesting? Did you see when I tweeted out the translation of those results from those Japanese Smart Awards? No, like it, Noah did pretty terrible in in those two, and and I, I actually think like um, I'm trying to pull it up because it's it's an interesting little um, like parallel there. And like I just think, basically, like there weren't there weren't enough eyeballs on them, especially yeah. in the in the first first half of the year. Like yeah, in in um promotion, they finished in tie for tenth. Mm. Yeah, looking at the the voices of wrestling poll, I could the. No match from Noah got any more than four voters, so it just seems that there just there weren't many people voting for them, and those that did just didn't place the matches very high. Yeah, they were about, they were just behind a lot of um, they were behind a lot of different promotions in that in the Japanese. Uh, like smart voting awards, everybody from like Ice Ribbon and Tokyo Joshi Pro to Dutch World. So I don't know. I just think in general on both sides of the of the of the Pacific, there just wasn't really a lot of support for them last year. Yeah. So and John, did but, you take a look back like further back in the polls for like see how they performed before this year? You mean like in previous years? I don't. I don't. Yeah. They probably they probably did a little better last year, but I don't know. Because I feel like no one was watching them in the start of the year, but I don't know. Like they, I don't know if anyone was really watching them in 2016 either. So um, it's a good question, though. Uh, why do you have that up, Michael? 
Uh, no, I looked back of when those polls first came out because of how poorly Dragon Gate always does in those polls, just to see like the historical. Thing. Oh, you're talking and, about the. Oh, I'm sorry, you're talking about the smart poll. Okay. Yeah, the smart um, poll. Sorry. They they used to do. My understanding is they used to do better. I mean, I, uh, I think last okay. year, I think 2016, they didn't do very well, but 2015, like 2014, like years before, they did they did better than this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I just think it was a down year for them. But Josh, do you have any other thoughts on the match itself? Um, I think it was an excellent continuation of the the story revolving around uh, Atsushi Katoge trying to sort of uh, get his place in the heavyweight division. Um, he spent the entire year trying to prove that he belonged as a heavyweight. Uh, and he almost every single time fell short, but that was sort of what made it great. Um, he would like literally kill himself. Like, like he'd throw these ridiculous headbutts that always busted him open and they looked horrible. And especially after uh, the, what happened with Shibata in April, uh, you just did, you know, this, you know what I see him do it, but he, he just comes out, he kills himself, and he still loses at the end. But it's just <laughs> wonderful anyway. Yeah, that does sound pretty awesome. But you, I just realized your blurb did get in for the for this match, so that's pretty cool. It did yes, you're one of the you. You had a very a very uh, you know, there were like something like fifth or twenty or thirty matches here, so you had like a three out of thirty chance. But way to go, I guess. Yeah. I mean, not 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 everybody there was going to have a, you know, a write up, but you know, mm. I did a you won some kind of drawing. I guess it's cool. It was a good write up though, so maybe that's why they picked it. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, but thank you, Josh. And Michael, what did you have in 10th place? My 10th place vote was from uh, CML's 84th anniversary so- show on September 16th. It was the uh, Mascara Contra Mascara match between Zuxis and Princessa Sugahit. It finished 186th, which it got that basically because two people voted for it in 10th rather than having one person vote for it in ninth, I guess, with how the points came out. Mm-hmm. And I it, I remember watching this show live because they did a really cheap iPay-per-view. And this was we before I... Real quick, before, before you continue, the mm-hmm. way the tiebreakers work, because I know this can be confusing for people. So basically, the first tiebreaker is number of votes. Right. So since this got two votes, it, it finished ahead of all the other ones that got two points, but finished in ninth. And then the second tiebreaker is... Um, highest vote, basically. Like, you know, if they're tied number of votes, then whichever one got the highest individual vote wins that tiebreaker. So when we were talking about tiebreakers, that's what we're talking about. But sorry, continue. Yeah, and I, this is before I went all in on Lucha Libre. Like, I did, re- I realized that I have, like, three Mexican matches on my list this year, but I think that's also, I thought that Mexico was pretty strong when I started doing my catch-up. And It's interesting because the Lucha people seem to think the opposite. Uh. Maybe it's that there was a lot of lucha that kind of appealed to me. I yeah. I think I like sprints and I like brawls, and this was more on the brawl end of the spectrum. There are some really cool, there are some really cool parts of like crowd brawling and them deciding to throw beers at each other in Arena Mexico, which is something that doesn't happen too often. And the two of them had really really good chemistry, and especially for Sugihit, who was in the May Young Classic, it was it, it it felt like that she had more chemistry with Zuxis who she's had a feud on off and on pretty much since Zuxi's came in the promotion. So it was really cool for that. I love a good, uh, I love a good Apuestas match. And I actually thought this is one of the better ones of the year. And it was from a 
it was my only like main promotion uh, uh, Lucha Libre match that made my ballot. So I think that was also could be why Lucha people were a little bit more down this year because a lot of the stuff I found myself liking was more of the independent style stuff. So that very well could have been it. But yeah, I thought it rolled. It was a match that like stuck with me, which is kind of a trend for my overall top 10 list. And yeah, I, I, I guess there was one other person that thought it was good enough just to get like because i kind of feel like the 10th place vote is the uh, this is a match that i like or is special to me but they're but it's kind of lower on my list and it's one the it's usually like one you want to add on just because you're like i feel like this match should get noticed i guess yeah so like, I, I think the other person who voted 10th was jr i think he said that or something uh maybe yeah. yeah i could be wrong if jr hears this i guess he can correct us yeah all right but, thanks mike yeah no problem uh, suit, what did you have in tenth place, and where did it finish? In my tenth place spot, I had Matt Riddle versus Walter for the Atlas title. Uh, this was from Progress, July 9th. Their Chapter Fifty One show, which I believe was called Screaming for Progress. So, I had this one tenth. I expected this one to be in like the fifties, and it ended up being sixty four. So, a little lower than I thought. So you had this match tenth, and it actually ended up doing pretty well. So that's cool. And you, they're actually so it got three total votes looking at this, and that's enough for fifteen points. Someone actually put it all the way in second, but you only had it in tenth. So that's interesting. Um, oh yeah. What do you think about the match that maybe somebody else loved it even more than you did? I mean, I don't blame them. Like I, I watched a lot of New Japan and this year, so those took over my like top spots but i certainly wouldn't blame someone for having this match high because this was just it was fantastic just hard-hitting stuff and walter is just somebody who really broke out in 2017 like uh it started with the uh with a lot of people's progress match of the year the ring comp south pacific power trip match back in january and then once axel dieter got signed uh, Walter went on the singles run in the uh, Atlas division, which is the big guys division, the Haas division, if you will. So, uh, yeah, him and Matt Riddle had this great trilogy, and uh, this was the second match in it. This is where Walter won the Atlas title, and it was just it was a fantastic match. Blew the roof off the place, and I loved it. Very cool. All right, thanks, Sue. Uh, Kevin, what did you have in 10th, and where did it finish? So my 10th match, I know for a fact that you have this much higher than I do, John, but it is uh, the from the 17th of July, the mm. Tetsuya Naito versus Kota Bushi G1 match. Yep. Which Indeed, I do have finished, that much higher. Yes. So that finished 13th, I think, with like 16 total votes. Yep, 16 votes, 79, 79 points. Did not get any first yes. place votes, interestingly enough, which I thought I thought might be the case. But yeah. it did well enough on everybody's ballot to finish in the top 20. Yes. So what, what, made you, what made you want to include this match at all? And I guess, why didn't you have it any higher? So uh, after this year, it really felt like if somebody wanted to, um, they could make an entire list of New Japan matches. And it would like... I would have no issue with it, but just like 
it, it would feel kind of boring, you know, for, for me for that. So I felt like last year, my list was a little bit more of just like hype things and that type, like everything I had last year finished in the top 25 or 30. And which is like, I don't think it's wrong or anything, but it felt kind of boring. So this year I wanted to make sure to limit it to like five new Japan things and five other things. And then when I was trying, when I was doing it, I was having a lot of trouble figuring out what the last new Japan match would be. Cause like when I was rewatching stuff, like everything was really good, but there was just not the one thing that like resonated a lot on rewatch that really put it above the rest. Cause there was like the quality was so high, but then this one, even though at real time, I thought that it was great, but it kind of felt a little bit like the first half is what happens with a lot of new Japan matches where it's like, it's good, but all it is really doing is just um, making you get ready for the crazy second half. When I rewatched it again, it was just like, Man, this once it really gets going, it is like exactly what I want from a big match like this. Like tons of big moves. The big pile driver off the top rope is still. I, I still think that's the craziest move the entire year. I think. Yeah, it's so crazy. So, um, yeah, just when it go, once it was going is like all right. This I think that this definitely is is good enough to get into my list and just be the last match on there. So it, it kind of stood out a lot more than other things that I was also considering for that spot. Yeah. I don't know. Cause like for, for a while I was worried it was going to be forgotten in the G one hype. Cause I didn't see any talk about it. And I was like, even, even, you know, even jelly, even galleonizing for it. And the, um, I can't pronounce that word. Apparently I was strongly like presenting or pushing for that match in, in the uh, voice of wrestling slack being like, do not forget about Naito Ibushi, but yeah, yeah nobody. Really, <laughs> you know, so it, it turned out the match did fine. I didn't have anything to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have liked to see it make top ten, but like, I seriously, yeah, I thought that it might, but um, I think that that is a case of like, there's one or two things on top ten that weren't from New Japan and WWE that were like definitely going to make it there, and then there were just so many New Japan matches that like something had to be the casualty, you know? Yeah. All right, thanks, Kevin. And here's Kevin Brown, who just joined us. And amazingly, he managed to make it here before we got through the top 10. So, Kevin, I guess you can give your 10th pick here on your repeat return journey here. How you doing? Kevin? Uh, hello, I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah, so I'm not, uh, I'm, this isn't my repeat. This is my third time. I, I, oh, yeah, right, because you did CZW and the Omikaze Awards. Yes, so yeah. I'm pulling up right now. So just to be sure, we're just listing our top ten. We're not going yeah, over the actual so list. Go, yeah, so go ahead and give me your tenth, just your tenth place. All right, so okay. I did the uh, Goto Shibata Dome match. All right, and do you know where I finished? Um, I am booting up my computer as of right now, so I did <laughs> not get to look at the actual list yet. I am very sorry. I think I can tell you, actually. So um, I want to say that finished in the 40s, because I know that one dropped. Because you sent me 25 to 1. Yeah, and that match already dropped. So. Yeah, um, I can find it for you. Give me a sec. Live on the air here. Um. Actually, no, it didn't finish in the 40. Oh, wait, in the, wait, maybe. Um, so oh, I got it. 29th. 29th. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So finished 29th. It had 11 total votes, uh, 41 points. The highest vote for it was fourth. So is that higher than you were expecting? Lower than you're expecting? Uh, I figured that, honestly, that's a little higher. I figured that was just going to be the casualty of like a million New Japan matches that were going to make it in there. 
And I figured yeah. that one, it happened so long ago. And I, it was pretty clearly not going to be like, it wasn't going to be the top match on that show. I mean, it was like the fourth match on that show. So I don't know. I didn't, that's a little better than I thought it would be actually. Yeah. I mean like pretty much when we were, when this list was coming out, it's like all the fuck, like there was still like almost no new Japan stuff through like the one that was like 75 through 51. So it kind of made it obvious that like the top 50 was going to be like, you know, half new Japan basically. And that's kind of what ended up happening. So yeah. I mean, my bet for this thing was it wasn't going to, like, I think some people thought the New Japan matches might, like, cannibalize each other. But my bet was it was just going to be, like, half the ballots were going to be 8 out of 10 New Japan matches, and the whole top 40 was going to be that. And I think I ended up kind of right. Yeah, that's basically what happened. But, um, just so, so what, made you keep, what made you keep this match lower, maybe, on your own list? Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not really a knock on this one. It's just like it wasn't my favorite match on that show. It was my second. It was my second favorite on that show. After and maybe what? this is. Uh, are we are we supposed to reveal the? Match? Oh, I know you're right. I guess it's yeah. on the list. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Any, yeah, well, you'll find out. I think it's in like yeah. two goes. So yeah. But this match was great. It's the second, my second favorite Shibata match of last year. I'll give that one away. That one's probably kind of obvious though. Yeah. And it's just a good old fashioned beat the shit out of each other match. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was it was like all those never matches basically. Um, yeah, so it was very interesting. It's one right. of the biggest stage of them all. Thank you, Kevin. Um, yep. And now I guess I'll do my tenth place, which I have not done yet. So um, I had Konsuke Takashita versus Kesuke uh, Ishii from DDT July twenty third at Corken Hall. Um, this was basically the the road to uh, Peter Pan. Uh, I think it was called. And it was basically like, um, this was the match to me that like gained the most on rewatch for me. Like I had a lot of stuff in this 10th place spot. I had, um, I had Tanahashi Ibushi from power struggle at one point. I had the 30 minute draw BJW tag, uh, with Shingo and Okabayashi against Sekimoto and Kohisato at one point. I had a lot of stuff in the spot, but like when I went back to rewatch a lot, like this was the match that gained the most for me. Because, like, it was just such a great performance by Ishii just, like, destroying this man's fucking neck. And, like, they took some really insane bumps that really played into the match. And just Takashi's song was just incredible. But I, I kind of knew where it was going to finish. And it fits exactly where I figured it. Tied for last with my vote being the only vote it got. But, yeah, I thought this match was really incredible. One of the lost gems of the year that if people didn't see it, they should definitely check it out. Um, I, all right. I have a friend who didn't. Not vote for this, or did not vote in the poll, but he would have had this in the top ten, his top ten as well. Like, yeah, it resonated with him too. So it was a really good match, I thought. Um, all right, so Josh, who do you have in ninth? <clears throat> um, I have Dragon Lee versus Hiromu Takahashi from The New Beginning in Osaka. Cool. Uh, Where to finish? Uh, it finished thirty first. And why did you vote for this match? I was just crazy. It was just an absolutely insane match. It's the type of match that, you know, like, it's amazing and you love it, but you never want them to have this kind of match again. (laughs) Because there were so many spots where, like, you know, if one of their feet was, like, misplaced by a couple of inches, they could have just both died. Um, It was just ridiculous. Um, 
I'm actually surprised it didn't finish higher. I thought it would get a little bit more love. Yeah. Uh, it got nine votes. Um, someone did have it as high as second, but mm-hmm. it just kind of it just did it just kind of missed out. It ran out of gas, I guess. Yeah, I feel like it might. Have, I feel like it might have just sort of um, maybe maybe it was lost in the shuffle, especially because it was earlier on in the year. And, yeah, and, and on the were, same on the same show, you had Big Mike versus Naito, which right, I was going to say, which did which did really well. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was just a case of it was overlooked because of other big stuff from the time. Yeah, and um, I I remember watching this match. Um, I think it was a Sunday in America, and um, I was sitting in like the lobby before going to work, and I was trying not to pop because this match was crazy. But I'm in public, so I got to be like, ah, okay, stay still. <laughs> but yeah, this match was just absolute insanity, and. It missed out on my list, but if this was like a top twenty, this definitely would have been on there. Yeah. Um, anything you want to add about the match, Josh? Um, no, I think that's about it. All right, cool. Thank you. And Michael, what do you have in ninth place? All right, my ninth place vote was from the August eighth Corkin for Dragon Gate. It was Nuruki Doi and Yoshino in their second match back as Speed Muscle since Yoshino's injury. Fighting against the rare Jimmy's team of of Susumu Yokosuka and Ryo Saito, and I had that ninth. It finished a, a hundredth, and it looks like everyone else had it ninth as well. I know that Dylan Justin was one of the other people who voted for it. I think. So, I think. Uh, no, no, someone else had six. So yeah, with three three votes, nine points. Is oh yeah, I someone had six. Points. I think that was Jay. I think that was Jay. That would make sense. <laughs> yeah. I, but, you, can I can I say it? Can I say it, Michael? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I I, I I was going to give you a nice segue <laughs> for that, John. I mean, we've oh, talked. Okay. I mean, we've talked about this match on Open the Voice Gate. I feel like four times now, but yeah. uh, this was my favorite uh, Dragon Gate uh, multi man match of the year. It was during the five unit survival race, which really was a welcome change to the Dragon Gate schedule. Usually, right after Kobe World. They have the Summer Adventure Tag League, which has been uh, a bore would be a nice way of putting it. Useless is probably the most uh, useless is probably the most uh, honest way. But I absolutely loved like the concept of this. And can you imagine though, just for a second, like if this fucking terrible ass year had just you know somehow been killed even further dead with a fucking summer venture tag league oh, oh we would have been talking about 2009 or 2006 year rather than yeah. just the, than just the year that picked up at the end but still was okay but yeah, yeah th- this match ruled it is inter- i love how much the crowd is like masato yushino was pretty much assumed to be out of commission for a long time when he hurt his back and they came back in and John, you were talking about how like the Oshino fangirls behind you were just going nuts about him. Yeah, and for Oshino the most, but also for Doi too. They were like Doi Chan. They were they were just would not shut up with the Doi Chan chance and the Oshino chance, which God bless them. But like I, I took two friends of mine who were not wrestling fans of the show, and like that's all they were talking about is like they they just like those girls love those two men like more than anything they've ever seen, any any like affection they've ever seen, basically. It was like hey. incredible. But yeah, the faded lovers back again, and uh, I I felt bad for Rich when he was compiling this because I wrote and I'm looking at my uh, 
I'm looking at where I compiled all my votes and my captions. I wrote almost 400 words about this match. So mm. if you want a uh, if you want a really long and detailed reason about why I really love this match, you can go to the the I think it it was finished at 100, so it's been the 100 to 75. Yeah. Were you were you su- were you surprised it cracked the top 100? Or you think it was going to do anything better? Uh, this was kind of a match I championed a bit. I know that like. I, I knew that Dylan and I were simpatico about this match when we like were talking about it in Slack and on Twitter. But uh, just with like Dragon Gate this year, for me, like there was not a whole lot of stuff that I would have considered for my ballot. There's one more Dragon Gate match I have on it, but uh, it's the same one. Yeah, it's one I have too. It's my only yeah. Dragon Gate match. Yeah, and it. Whereas last year, I think I had three or four Dragon Gate matches on my ballot, and for someone who is still primarily a Dragon Gate watcher. It's kind of a statement about how good the rest of the world was versus to how bad Dragon Gate was. But yeah, no, about 100th is about where I would have expected it to end up, I feel like. Like, John, is that about where you'd kind of see? Yeah, this- I, th- I thought it would be around there. So yeah. I guess I'm not that surprised. Yeah. Um, all right. So thank you, Mike. Uh, Suit, what did you have in ninth place? And where to finish? I like. As I finish chewing this cracker, <laughs> um, one second. Very all the professional, most professional on the air here. <laughs> I got dry mouth too. God. <laughs> all right, number nine on my list was from Takeover Chicago, my first of two WWE umbrella matches. My first of two from this show. It was the main event ladder match. It was DIY versus the Authors of Pain from uh, TakeOver Chicago. It finished 39th, and I actually expected this to finish a lot lower. I expected it uh, in the 60s. So, so there, one... was, there was an effect on this ballot. You know what it was? It was what? the NXT overrate effect because mm. people had to fucking compensate for how bad the main roster WWE was. So the people that would normally... Not saying this was you, but yeah. the people who would normally only vote WWE basically had to vote a lot more NXT this year, I thought, than they ever, even in previous years. So, I mean, my so top every, five, everything NXT did really well <laughs> for that reason. I, think. I mean, my top five WWE matches three of them had Brock Lesnar, two of them were from NXT, they were also from the same show. And not to spoil my list, but one of them has two guys that aren't e- even under like real full sale contracts. So, yeah. so this that match, by the way, you. it had five total votes, 26 points, and the highest vote was in second. So that someone had it way higher than you did, actually. So probably one of the WWE voters. Probably. But, I mean, this match was just... It was full of drama. It was... It was, like, a lot of good stuff. And I'm not going to lie and say, like, the post-match didn't have, like, an effect on this jumping up over some other matches. Like, if it wasn't for, like, the Ciampa turn, this would have been, like, a really good match. But it would have, like fall into the wayside behind with like the like dozen G one matches. So yeah, yeah, this was just like a really good like tag match. DIY for even though they were like a team for maybe a year, they were awesome. And the authors of pain, like they never asked them to do anything like out of their range. They're they do what they need to do and they do it I think pretty well. So, yeah. And that made a good match. All right, suit. Thank you. 
And I do think that the thing with this match is that that made people vote for it is that the finish really or the finish and the post match really resonated with people with the Chiampa stuff. So I my guess is that that kind of brought it up for a lot of people and and made them remember it and want to add that to their lists. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's not the most and, overrated NXT match on this list, which <laughs> which is a different match. Yeah. Um but one thing I did want to say, it is the only time he's on my list, but uh, Johnny Gargano, he took a beating in this one, and there's no one better at that than him. Like, well, very few, I will say. Like, he is one of the best people in that company right now, overall. So, I just wanted to get that out there now. Kevin Hare, yes. what do you have in ninth place? All right, so my number ninth place is is I think the only match that I had listed that I was there in attendance for, and it was from WrestleMania 33, Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, which finished yeah. 32 overall. And were you surprised by where it finished? Um, Not really. It kind of finished where I thought it would. Part of me thought it might even finish a little higher. But I'm not really super surprised where it was. And like it's it's a fair spot where it finished. Um, and, and so, yeah, the reason why I picked this match was all year. I didn't even really think about including it in my top 10, like, and never really, it never really crossed my mind to put it there. But then as I was thinking about things at the end of the year, I realized that, um, this is a year of, this is a time when spectacle matches really stand out. I think like, I don't necessarily want a, you can find a good match everywhere at this point, like, Great, ma- great back and forth, high drama matches. Like the timing is right for those. You can find them. New Japan has them all the time. Indies have them everywhere. Other Japan places have them. Like they're great, but but they don't stand out as much. Like it's it's not as unique. But this match is really unique because it's less than five minutes. It's two people with um, huge history n- with each other, without each other, just like. Um, to like Goliath of the sport and like and it just it's really brilliant because going in everybody had all these fears for you know if it was going to be good what they were going to do the build-up for it was was really well done but people thought they might try to have this big long Wrestlemania match but they didn't do that at all they knew exactly what the match wanted to be it didn't overstay its welcome at all it did it was just two big guys who, who just unloaded on each other right away. It was like the finishing stretch of a longer match, but they didn't do any of the buildup, just spears and German suplexes. And then F five. And that was it. And so the way that this like live it, for me, it made me go from zero to hundred super quick where I was just jumping up and down within like a minute or two. And then it didn't stop. And by the end of it, even though I think the official time is like four forty-five. By the end, I felt completely satisfied. I didn't need anything else. And I was, I thought that that was super impressive and that not many other matches could really hit that sweet spot and, and kind of fulfill, um, be as fulfilling as that in that situation. So that's why at the end of the year, I think that it really stood out a lot more for being this unique, interesting thing. So yeah, I mean, it only got eleven. I mean, it got eleven votes, which is um, which is a lot. I, to be honest, I thought it was going to finish higher. I mm-hmm. thought it was going to finish top twenty-five, just because again, WWE had a 
very bad year, and this is one of the first few yeah. WWE matches that well, people can even really I, remember. So, I posted my list around a few places, like just random Facebook groups and stuff, just because I want to see what people's thoughts. And this was the one match where, especially like more WWE centric people, this was the match where a lot of people were like, "Whoa, your list is pretty good, but why that match? Like, oh, of I all see. the WWE matches, you picked that one." So I think for a lot of people, they think about this in more of like a work ratey, high drama, like longer match way, and that it's harder for them to. Um, pick a match that is so short and put it in this list. Yeah. So that that was just kind of my general. But um, I think what I think what it really came down to in the end was like it was eleventh. I mean, I had eleven votes, but like it only had three uh votes points on average per vote. Yeah. So, so a lot of people had it went down where you did basically like yeah on the list. It did. Yeah, I couldn't. One, it got one second place vote, which probably skews the average but like yeah. it probably got a lot of 10th and 9th yeah looks like. i don't i couldn't justify putting it any higher than this because it is so short but um yeah at the end of the year i wanted my list to be kind of like what represented 2017 to me and like this is really perfect for the wwe stuff and this is the only match that i have from wwe on my list yeah so uh, and uh if i could say one thing about this match so like go off of it like i love this match and uh two things i compared it to uh one was like an adrenaline shot that because this this was like what seven hours into a 20 hour like slog <laughs> of a show that WrestleMania yeah, the, the show was. sucked other than this match. Like, let's be- i was there live for the entire thing <laughs> oh my god in the very in the oh. very last row Jesus. Well, I I'm gonna be live this year, and I can only hope that I get something to wake me up that late in the show. But I compared it to that, and I also compared it to um, if you remember SmackDown versus Raw, here comes the pain. You just uh, simulate the match and give both guys all five finishers, and just watch <laughs> them go after it. So that's funny. Yeah, that's what I compared this match to. All right, thank you both, uh, Kevin Brown. What did you have in ninth place, and where to finish? Okay, so I had the Daisuke Harada versus Minoru Tanaka match from the December 23rd Noah show on there. An awesome match. Yeah, no, this match fucking owned. Uh, it finished 88th, and it looks like only two people voted for it, but I don't know. How, I can't tell how high. So the other the other, pers- the other person voted a third. That's why. Well, that's defendable. Because, I mean... It's like a great Minoru Tanaka being a prick match. And he starts it off by like fucking with uh, Harada's arm. And towards the end, I, I started losing it because he gets him into this arm bar. And Harada's just flailing around and flailing around like it's death. And he's going to snap his arm. And not in like the goofy way. Because I'm sure you've seen some like terrible indie arm bar cells. Yeah, like. Where it's like the guy has no idea how to do it. Well, well Osprey against Forty Scroll and like every yeah. match. <laughs> no, yeah. Like it's clear the guy's never been put in this move to know how it hurts and how you would react to be putting in it. But here, and I'm just like going crazy. Like this title reign just started. I don't want it to end already. And then he gets out of it. And this thing, which is great, I'm disappointed only two people voted for it, but I'm glad it snuck into the top 100 somehow. Yeah, I really, this is one of the ones that was like a late cut for me because I thought this match was fucking awesome. And yeah, it's like, I, I, I had like 15, I had like 15 matches. Yeah, because like, like Minoru, to get the cut. Minoru Tanaka, like, he's always been one of my favorites. And, you know, whenever, whenever he shows up anywhere, 
you know, and it gets to have a run, I'm pretty happy. Like, apparently, the I've always heard, like, he's kind of an asshole, and that's why he never, like, I believe lasts. it, based on, how, based on his matches. That's why he never lasts anywhere that long, any, really, but, like, yeah, I mean, I just think he, he's fucking awesome. Um, but, yeah, any, anything you want to add, Kevin? I, I'm happy, I'm happy this made the top 100 at all, because I didn't think it was going to. I, I, like, had expectation that I might just be the only person to vote for this thing. <laughs> and it's like buried in the back of the honorable mention so i'm glad someone else backed it too yeah um so from that a match that just broke in the top 100 i had ninth place uh to naito and kenny omega the first of two matches on this list that i was there live for both by, i put them both by the back actually uh this is the g1 final from august 13th at sumo hall so i had it ninth it actually finished all the way in fourth on the list you know, 384 points, uh, 52 people voted for it with six first place votes. So there was a big drop off from third to fourth. But like this, this making the top five really didn't surprise me considering, you know, I like, it's basically about where I expected to finish because I, I thought it was just like a little bit below the match they had last year that won the match of the year poll, which or the match they had 2016. I mean, that won that year's match of the year poll. And, you know, there were there was like 2017 was a way better year than 2016, especially in New Japan. But I still finished a match. I, I figured a match that good, you know, would still finish very highly on the list. So yeah, about where I expected. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I had in in ninth place. So let's move up to eighth now. And Josh, what did you have in eighth place? Uh, I had Mike Bailey versus Will Ospreay. Uh, in eighth place from WCPW, uh, the Perslin World Cup thing. Uh, so the 24th of August, it came 101st. 101st, just missed yeah, the top Just 100. missed the top 100. Uh, two other people voted for this. We apparently all had it in eighth place, though. So Interesting. Yeah, it was the match itself. Like, if you, if you don't like spot fests, you'll hate it. Um, because that's just all it was. Uh, it was just absolute nonsense. Just shooting star presses everywhere, fucking flips, and the 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 one spot I was live for this. Uh, this is the first of two matches I was live for on my list. Uh, the spot that I remember is uh, Mike Bailey did this. Uh, you know the shooting star knee drop he does. Um, yeah, he did I it from the top. Well. Yeah, he did it from the top rope uh, and landed on a standing Will Ospreay's shoulders for a Meteora, and it was <laughs> bonkers. I was, I, was, I was front row, and I was right behind the corner that Mike Bailey climbed upon. It was just crazy. Um, it, it was just a crazy match. I, I think maybe I enjoyed it more than uh, I anticipated, because like, like I, I've been to one WCPW show before, because they do shows quite close to me. Uh, I really hated it. Uh, and I went to this one because they had, I think like, they had Pentagon Jr., Ricochet, all these names that I'd never seen before and I wanted to see live. Uh, so my expectations just weren't very high for the show, but this just absolutely blew me away. So, Had, had you ever seen Bailey before this too or no? Yeah, I saw him for the first time live at the Summer Sizzler 2016 against Marty Skull. Uh, interesting. I think it's a really underrated match itself, but yeah. All right, thanks. Were you surprised it finished and that it missed the top 100, or what was well, your what was it? WCPW didn't get a lot of viewers this year. Um, most people that were watching the Euro scene were either watching 
WXW, Progress, Rev Pro. Um, so I wasn't really sure. It just, like, it depended on how many eyes got on this. And I suppose, like, with, like, like I said, because it was just a spot fest. If you hate spot fests, you're not going to vote for it. So um, I don't know. I, I wish it got, like, one extra vote just to get it in the top 100. But, you know, it yeah. got some votes, which is nice. Gotcha. All right, oh, thanks, Josh. Uh, before we move on, uh, Josh, can I ask what that other WCPW show was? Because I uh, I reviewed a little WCPW for the site. Uh, it was the uh, the Japanese qualifier. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went to see uh, Taguchi Tiger Mask live. Uh, and it's just really disappointing. No one put any effort in. Also, like, I, oh, I hated the crowd. Um, they were chanting... Uh, Komatsu had a match with Hiromu, uh, yeah. and they started chanting for Show Tanaka. I think they thought he was Tanaka. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> it enraged me. That seems like a WCPW crowd <laughs> thing to do. Show Tanaka comes out later and has his match with Kushida, and they they chant Show Tanaka for him. So like, <laughs> what do you? What? <sighs> they thought he had. Know. They thought he had plastic surgery between the two matches. I don't. I don't know what. It's, oh, I hate them. <laughs> boy, I, oh boy. All right, thanks, Josh. Um, Mike, what do you have ninth? All right, eighth. eighth. All right, my eighth match came from Alianza Universal de Lucha Libre. It is from March 1st, and it is Daga and Penta versus LA Park and Ray Scorpion. And this match fucking banged. It was what a finish. It finished 85th. So, but it was a Mexican, it was a Mexican loot. A Mexican indie match that completely went insane. It had two votes. It was me and J.R. Goldberg. He had it second, I guess, since I was the only other voter. Uh, but it was so awesome seeing L.A. Park, who always does really well in the VOW Awards, which is always something that I really enjoy because what L.A. Park does now is just brawl into the crowd, grab a box of beer bottles, throw them at people try to like bust them up, takes a broken bottle, tries to stab him and then just like mayhem. And then you had like Penta who is crazy enough to be game for anything. So, so like you had all, and then Ray Scorpion who is, who's become one of my favorite Rudos to watch. He's just like this guy who was able to get incredible heat. Like during the uh, Guerra de Titans match uh, last week, he basically got garbage thrown in the ring for him against a psycho clown in a, in a bull chain match, but my favorite thing in this match is the escalation of weapons. Cause at first it started with like chairs, but, and they took chairs out of the crowd, which were all like, they're the fixed chairs together. So you had three to four of them like side by side by side. And they broke those. And then they started with the beer bottles and they brought a beer cooler out there and they ruined the beer cooler. And it just was, it was grimy and bloody and I loved it. So it definitely it was like it was a match that left a huge impression on me because it's just you go in there and a lot of people are used to like Penta now, like doing a lot of the US Indies and the uh, British and European Indies and you get like the Penta style match. But like he was he was absolutely game to like play L.A. Park's like match type and just brawl and fight. And it did have some wackiness at the end, like they were. There was like a ball. There was like a low blow, and then it just got kind of silly. But it was so cool, and I, I walked, I walked away from that match going, I just saw some shit. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, it, that stiff, that like that, that stuck with me more than a lot of New Japan matches this year. 
So I was like, I just saw something that four people almost died and it was awesome. So yeah, that was my number eight match. All right. Thanks, Michael. I, I, I just watched this last week and it was awesome. Yeah. Doesn't it own like the insane. Uh, throwing an entire rack of chairs, so like actually throwing the rack of chairs at somebody's head is incredible. Yeah. Well, like it, it, this is a match that goes there. Yeah. It's awesome. Before right. we move on, I want to say Mexico Pentagon Jr. is way better than like the U.S. Indy Pentagon Jr. who keeps having to do like arm work with Zack Sabre Jr. and shit like that. <laughs> and like, and the thing is, people love this guy and they don't realize that they're seeing like the shitty version of him. Like, they're not seeing close to the best version of this guy. Yeah. U.S. version just relies on like aura yeah. and not like actually doing stuff. All right, so suit. What do you have in eighth place? In eighth place is my second NXT Takeover Chicago match. Mm. It is the UK title match between Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. I expected this to be in the teens, and it ended up placing fifth. So you really you expect? It's interesting you expect it's in the teens. I thought when I saw it fifth, I I was a you know, I I basically figured it was a lock for top ten with with you know. Again, with the year WWE had, I thought this was going to be the best match. And I mean, I thought it was the second best match they had this year, and the 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 best one, you know, also made the top ten. So I guess I can't really complain that much. But yeah, I thought this was going to do really well, and it did. So, um, I mean, yeah, it was a fantastic three, match. Fifty five votes, uh, fifty five votes, and two first place votes. So a lot of people had a lot higher than you did. And I mean, yeah, I. I only expected it to finish like uh, 10s because I figured like the top would be just New Japan heavy with the year they had. But I mean, I'm not mad at it finishing fifth. This was a just a fantastic match. These two came in no build at all. They don't even think they were on like the NXT beforehand. And they just came in and they like they stole the show. They actually like. They actually stole the show instead of what Dolph Ziggler claims to do. Yeah, I mean they they yeah. different they definitely did have an outstanding match. So uh, sorry I brought it down with the Dolph Ziggler mention, but <laughs> it's okay. Um, all right, thanks, Sue. Um, Thank Kevin Hare, what did you have in eighth place? So my eighth place match was a match that I very much was hoping would not be in Sadness Village but kind of had an idea that it would be. And it was Hiroshima versus Tetsuya Endo from the DDT King of DDT final in a, on um, June 25th. And where that ended up finishing Sadness Village, you said? Sadness Village, you were, nobody you else you, voted you for it. I mean, this was another one that to me was a, I, it would have made my top 20. So I just yeah. basically just missed my list. But I, I think that I kind of feel like if it happened at a different point in the year, that maybe people would have paid more attention to it, but it just, it happened at a period of time where like people weren't really talking about DDT that much, even though it was right after the Suzuki empty arena match, people still weren't, it wasn't getting that much buzz. And I don't know how many people actually watched this one. Cause it was on a cork and in the middle, kind of like your, the issue match that we talked or that you talked about earlier, but I liked this match a lot. This was my favorite DDT match of the year. Um, I thought that it really uh, Endo is a guy who I like, but sometimes um, comes off a little bit. Uh, I don't know. He he doesn't necessarily have like the charisma that really grabs me. 
but this match, I thought that he really did a good job of selling his leg and going back to it the whole time. And Hiroshima being like the ace, he's turned into a gatekeeper. We talk about it on Burning Spirits this week, but he's turned into like a gatekeeper where they use him more so to just bump up uh, other people. And he's really great at that role. He's kind of like Tanahashi is right now. He's awesome at it. So you just get the combination of, um, but of all that stuff together, and it just to, to me, this was a really compelling match, and it was yeah the best DDT match of the year. All right, uh, thanks, Kevin. Kevin Brown, what did you have in eighth place? All right, so I actually messed up. I had the Harada Tanaka match number eight, so oh. I'm gonna give you my number nine now. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I okay. misread my. Yeah, I misread my own list. I like rushed to turn my computer on and didn't open up all my other pages. But uh, yeah, so I had the Maximum versus Tribe Vanguard match from twelve twenty three for the Triangle Gate. Yeah, that was another one that almost made by that match was awesome. Where did it end up finishing? Uh, it made the top one hundred. Let me see. I want to say it, it actually ended up really close to the Harada Tanaka. I'm just gonna search for this now. Do they do unit names or do they do? No, they do wrestlers. They do wrestlers. I, I can find it for you. Yeah, it finished. It finished. Oh no, that's not it. Seventy six. No, that's a, that's his tag, isn't it? No, no, that's Yamato, oh, KZ, yeah. and BB Hulk yeah, so versus Billy Yoshino and Jason Lee. So basically, it just missed the top seventy five. I uh, had three votes, thirteen points. The highest vote was second, which I think was Jay again. Uh, so people don't know who Jay is. It's the the Dragon Gate, um, you know, the Dragon Gate guy basically runs iHeartDJ, and I know the I know he had this match very highly, um, but yeah. So I, I like I said, I just missed voting for this, and if I had, it would have even a tenth place vote probably would have gotten in the top seventy five. But yeah, I thought it was awesome. Were you surprised you finished that high? Uh yeah, but I mean, it got it only got three votes, so that I expected. I just didn't expect someone to put it second. Yeah. Well, Jay, everything Dragon Gate did a little better this year because Jay participated. And yeah, obviously, and he put it all Dragon Gate ballot. Yeah, right? he put it all Dragon Gate ballot. So. But good for that. I don't know. I, I think it was actually a pretty – even when Dragon Gate's not very good, the Triangle Gate matches are usually good. Even that this year was kind of – was kind of crappy, right? And then, yeah. And then, like, in the, lo- in the end of the year, it, it kind of came through finally, especially – like, I thought the one – I thought the one where Tribe won it was pretty good. And then this one was even this one was way better though. This was like the best one of the year by a mile. Yeah, Jason Lee is nuts. I don't. I'm glad that guy seems to be in like as a full, just a straight full timer now. Yeah. Yeah, that guy like just fits he, in perfectly. They like him so much. They did a homecoming show for him in Hong Kong. So, like, he's in. He's in good. But yeah, and I think Jay made a really good point about this match in his caption that got published is that they really did the smart idea about backing away from the three-way, four-way matches. So, like, having just, like, the focus on, like, these six guys in this match really brought it up. It probably would have made my... It probably would have made my top 20 list if I really thought about it. But, yeah, like... Also, KZ has just been incredible this year. So, like, him in this role has been great. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, right. I don't know. Like, I had 15 matches I wish I could have voted for. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, there's just going to be, like, five of them that I'm really disappointed I didn't get the help boost. But I'm glad this one – This I think all mine actually ended up making the top 100. So I'm glad wow. I got the yeah, one that I did. Especially, impressive. I voted for some kind of weird ones, too. I was surprised. All right, well, thanks, Kevin. Um, yeah. In eighth place, I had – 
Tetsuya Naito versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, this is the other match I was there live for. This is August 11th at Sumo Hall for the G1. Uh, this finished 17th with 60 points, including 50 votes. Um, it was the it was the it, it finished right in the middle for the Tanahashi Naito trilogy. Um, it, the highest vote was only third, but just had so many votes that I guess that's what powered it in the top 20. Um, you know, the, another Tanahashi Naito match fin- didn't crack the top 25. That was the Dominion one. Uh, that one finished, I believe. Um, Oh, let me, I'm going to find it because I'm curious. I think it was in the top 50. Yeah, I finished um, in 41st, which is the Dominion match. And the the best the, the best performing one, though, was the Wrestle Kingdom match, which finished in the top 10. Um, but yeah, that, that one finished in... Uh, oh, it didn't finish top 10. What am I talking about? I don't know. I'll find it later, I guess. But yeah, like this, this Tanahashi Naito match I thought was... You know, in 17th place, it's, that's about where I expected it. I was oh oh the top the other time Tanahashi much finished 11th. Okay, there you go. So just missed 10th place, in the top 10. Um, but yeah, the, this one I liked the best. You know, and I think part of it could have been live bias. Um, you know, I just thought like I just thought it was like a perfect ending to the trilogy with you know they they had gone one and one and then they had they, they had this third match. It just feels like they're both just you know throwing everything they have at each other. And, you know, Tanahashi going back to the leg again, the way he had won the Dominion match, but just this time not quite being able to get the tap out the Cloverleaf, I thought was, it was really high drama. And being in the building, they really did manage to convince the crowd that Tanahashi could win this thing. I mean, I remember there was a moment when he had Naito in the Cloverleaf where the, like, everybody was just kind of looking at each other, like, is he really, are they really going to have Naito lose? <laughs> so, you know, the fact that they even managed to convince us that there was a chance that Nathan was going to lose this match was really impressive since really, you know, really should have known better. But yeah, um, I thought, I just, I, I thought it was better than the other two matches. Just, and that's why I, this is the one of the three that made my list. All right, Josh, what do you have in seventh? Uh, I have Ibushi versus Naito from the first day of the G1 in seventh. Ah, another, another Ibushi Naito voter. So one yeah. of the 16 voters, I guess you have anything to add to it. Um, I th- I thought uh, Naito's offense uh, directed towards Ibushi's neck in this match was just absolutely excellent. I think it's his best uh, performance. Like it, it's felt so. I don't know if it was Ibushi selling, but like everything he did, it's it's like every move he did in that match was directed towards the neck, and it always looked brutal. Um, it just I don't know. It felt like every move mattered in the match. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think it, I, 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 I thought it was going to place higher. I think it fell victim to uh, being a G1 match because uh, I think there were six G1 matches in the top 25. And I think if this match happened like a couple of months earlier, it's like the main event of Dominion. I think this would have broke top 10 easy. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think it just basically, it, it finished a little bit, you know, just kind of missed by, you know, only a few points. Well, not more than a few points, actually. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I think, I think probably you're right that if this was like a, a semi-main of Dominion, it probably could have broken the top 10. Yeah. All right. Thank, thanks, Josh. Uh, Mike, what'd you have in seventh? All right. My seventh place vote went to Kano versus Go Shiozaki from November 19th. It was the Global League final for pro wrestling Noah. It finished 78th. There were three voters, and the highest person was sixth. 
And this was the match that made me like adopt Kano as my guy. Like, I know like a lot of people, when you watch wrestling, you kind of, especially when you're watching a promotion you're not usually used to. Like, I, I'm one of the people who really fell off Noah when the whole Bushi Road debacle happened. But like, Kano in this role absolutely rules. And he, and the way they like structure this match with Kano, with Shiozaki, like giving him everything, like him kicking out of the point break, him kicking out of the go flasher, and then doing like two really brutal double stomps at the end just was like, it, it was a match that felt really epic and like a crowning achievement and like making someone like their guy. And it really, and as we've seen since then, I mean, I think there's a GHC title defense coming up tomorrow, but um, ever since then, it's been like all behind Kano and everything you see like posted about like Noah has kind of centered around Kano and it, it's it was just one of those matches that kind of like grabbed me. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch a lot more Noah right now because Kano's my dude. Did you and, watch this spoiled or no? Uh, yes, because Milo kept on saying, watch this match. <laughs> he kept on saying, watch this match, watch this match, watch this match. So I was like, okay, I'll watch this I, match. Go, going in, like, I think I really thought, like, I felt, I, I think I felt like Go was winning this. Yeah. And like a lot of people, I think on Twitter, like in the weeks leading up to it, thought, you know, Kano was just there to put over Go. So the fact that Kano won this was almost like a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, like it, it. It. I feel like if I watch this unspoiled, like I come away with like, oh, that's sweet. That happened. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. You know, but like, and the, and then like the way that Noah is really kind of made like this, like a new era, like that, like now it's no longer Noah the Reborn. Now it's Noah the Live, and it's. So great, like they, I, don't they say no? I thought they say no to live. Load no to live. I've not seen. I, I'm so far behind <laughs> on my stuff that I haven't seen the. I haven't seen the, the Kitajima match either. So yeah, I think they say no to live, but I don't know. Kevin, what do you? Kevin, what are the Kevin's should know this? They say no to live or no to live. This Kevin has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, knows. Been, um, yeah, I've been saying it live. But I could, if it's live, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. I could have yeah. said. I could have they said live on the air, but I could. I could be wrong. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Suit. What did you have seventh, and where did it finish? Number seven. Uh, I thought I had missed. I thought this. Uh, when I was looking up my notes, I thought this match was coming up, but then I went back and saw I, I had missed it. Tied 152nd overall. <laughs> this, I was the only person to vote for this match, and I'm shocked because I loved it. It was Tiger Mask W versus Kazuchika Okada from New Japan's 45th anniversary. Can I can I be can I be a nerd for a second? Tiger Mask double. <laughs> That's just, All right. <laughs> Tiger Mask double. Can I imagine? It's Kota Ibushi, all right? Yeah, Kota Ibushi versus Okada. That's true. Don't think anybody's going to get mad at me for that one. No. Hopefully not. Uh, but yeah, I just loved how this was, how this went from just a cute little exhibition to Okada versus Ibushi in the main event of a New Japan show. This, this to me, is like the number one victim of the of the year New Japan had. Because like I, if this match took place in 2016... It would have made my top ten. I'm, I'm like almost certain. It certainly would have been the, one of my favorite New Japan matches. So yeah, yeah I think that, people forgot this exist. This happened. Yeah. 
So I think it just got buried under the rest of New Japan's 2017. And that and that's really sad because this match was insane. I for I think Okada took a Tiger Driver off the top rope. Yeah, like he a definitely Tiger did. Bomb or something like. Just absolute insanity. And, and when, 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 when Tiger Mask started doing those fucking like the Ibushi kicks from the Nakamura match, like that's when I lost it. Like that was incredible. Oh. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that I was the only vote for it shows that this really did get lost in the shuffle. So yeah. I think people really need to see this match because it is, it's a hidden gem as great as it is in the, in the year that New Japan's had. It is a absolute hidden gem. Yep, I agree with that. All right, thanks, Sue. Uh, Kevin Hare, what did you yes. have in seventh place? So my number seven match um, came in 23rd overall in the Voices of Wrestling poll, and it is Masashi Takeda versus Masaya Takahashi from Big Japan Death Vegas on December 17th, 2017. Um, no, I think it was December 20th. So we can save time here. I also had this seventh. <laughs> That's oh, there you go. interesting. We had it in the exact yes. same spot, but there you go. Yes. Yeah, so this match in a year where um, death matches to me kind of had a resurgence. Uh, this match really stood out. It it's <clears throat> it's like a G one, like a fine a main event of a G one match, but translated into death match form. It's like. I think it's right around 19 minutes, so it's not super long, but it's also not short. Um, they had another match earlier, a few months earlier, that I know you were there for, John, that um, is only like two minutes shorter than this, but it feels a lot sprintier, where this feels more of like the big, epic main event. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just awesome. And I, just, and I have to say, for that match, I was there with the two of them there. Like That match, being there for that live, felt like one of the greatest things i've ever seen live so like yeah. that that almost could have been my top 10 but like you like you're yeah. saying it just felt it was just such a spectacle when you're there i mean yes. look when the glass is flying at you like that it's really i, I realized in hindsight oh, yeah. that, was, that was the first death match i ever saw live so that was probably part mm-hmm. of it but that match so that's why after the fact i was like you know it didn't actually air on samurai until like weeks later so i was like you know somebody who watches death matches needs to tell me if this was actually that good or if i was just like you know, hypnotized by it happening in front of me. But then, like, once it aired, everybody was like, oh, no, that match actually was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, if this but, yeah, this match... did... but then they, then they yeah. talked it. But then they talked yeah. it. If, that, if this second <laughs> match didn't exist, like, I would think about putting that one on my list, the yeah. first one. But then this second one happened. And, yeah, it's just – it's great. It's pretty universal. Um, If you talk about it, if I wasn't sure, like, where this would go or where, where it would fall, fall, I figured that it was going to be top – at least top 50. I thought top 30 was very likely. It just felt like a match where I knew that like you were going to vote for it. I knew people like JR are going to vote for it. Just, it seemed like a match where even if you weren't really into death matches, a lot of people, this resonated with a lot of people. I think it also helped that it happened uh, pretty close to the end of the voting cycle. So people couldn't forget about it, yeah. but um, I am very excited that it finished so high um, because someone, it really someone voted, deserves it. Someone voted second. Which is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it had it had someone voted second at thirteen votes total. So it did well. It broke in the top twenty five. I I really thought it was going to be like right on the borders. It's pretty much exactly where I expected it. So yeah, I, yeah, and and I'm glad too because Takeda is on an incredible run right now. Oh yeah, like it feels like 
when we step away that this might be like an all-time run that I just wish more people saw, you know, to talk about. But like it's he's just incredible. So I'm just glad that he was able to be represented so high. This is the match that I'm most excited about where it fell that I voted for. Yeah. I mean, like I I think people need to like like I, I keep saying, check out his non-deathmatch stuff if you if you really can't handle death matches, just watch him in like the in the all Japan junior tag tourney from this year or something. Cause like, yeah. he's just a really good wrestler. Like if he yeah. wanted to stop, you know, doing the deathmatch stuff and just do nothing but junior stuff, he'd still be awesome. Yeah. So like, he's just, he's just ridiculously good. So yeah. And he has a, he has a real aura about him. So yeah. like, I love right now it's easy to say with 11 months left in the year, but if we like the match from the second, uh, the Takeda match from the second, I feel like that could be a match at the end of the year that I try to fit in my top ten too. So, uh, uh, what the fuck's the, yeah. the the Jackie the Sukamoto match? Yeah, Jackie the Sukamoto match. Yeah. So that's that was that was really good. That was good. I remember liking that. All right, thanks, Kevin. Uh, Kevin wanna, Brown. Oh, before sorry. Before I get to that? mine, I want to add in that I didn't vote for that match, and I feel like a complete idiot for not voting for that match <laughs> because it legitimately would have made my top five. The first time I watched that thing, I watched it at like three in the morning, and I didn't like write down anywhere how good it was. And then I watched it again last week, and I was like slapping myself, like, "Holy shit! Why the fuck didn't I vote this that high?" And you could have got um, it in the top twenty. Yeah, I feel very dumb for not voting this thing, and I apologize to all the fans here. Guess it's my uh, apology accepted, Kevin. What did you have seventh? Now seventh, I had another death match. I had Matt Tremont versus Nick Gage. And when that finish? Which well, one? This is the six three one, by the way. I know the Gage Tremont matches. I think all three of them actually placed, even though one of them was just because Brock gave it number one. Yeah, I think one of the Gage Tremont matches placed like 70 just because one person gave it a number one vote. But this one ended up coming in at number 57. And I had this higher. Okay. Okay, so I'll leave some of it to you, but I think this is U.S. death matches, as much as I love them, are very rarely good. Like. I think Jimmy Lloyd is someone who keeps getting talked about because they discovered him on the flagship podcast recently. Yeah, and they like, certainly did discover him. Yeah. So far, <laughs> okay. I was going to like explain the appeal of Jimmy Lloyd, but yeah, but it's usually filled with people like that who aren't actually very good, at least compared to the Japanese ones that are like actually worked well and smart. Well, yeah, the, the, the Japanese, the Japanese festivals like can wrestle. Which I hate to be like an asshole, but like the Amer- a lot of the American ones, it's like they're not doing like fucking takedowns and shit, you know? No, listen, I love Zandig, but the appeal of Zandig is that he's just a yarder who jumps off shit. He's just the yeah. coolest one. That's why it's so good. But this is one of the rare ones that was both like insane and actually good. Yeah. I mean, I got I saw Tremont live at that uh, at that Brooklyn Deathmatch thing he did. And that was like my first time ever seeing him, I think. And he was, he has a fucking aura to him. That That is definitely, definitely the case. I've so. seen a lot of Tremont live, but I've seen a lot of CZW Tremont where he, I mean, it's CZW. Everyone just gets thrown into the stupidest angles. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but so I had this one here. This match was great. And it wouldn't have been my highest uh, finishing death match if I wasn't stupid and didn't forget to write that other one down. But yeah. either way, it definitely deserves. I'm glad this one 
I thought these ones were going to split from each other harder than they actually did, and maybe none of them even made it. So I'm glad it had enough people who wanted to. So is this the highest finishing of the three? Yeah, this is the highest. Yeah. Oats, uh, one person one person put it fourth, so it was good enough to get it into 57th place. Interesting. Yeah, somebody put it fourth. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, so as I said already, my seventh place was also uh, Takeda versus Takahashi from Big Japan Death Vegas. We already talked about that match. Awesome match, outstanding, incredible. You know, definitely, even if you don't normally like death matches, if you can stomach it, I definitely think you should watch that match. It's really, really good. All right, Josh, what did you have in sixth place? I had Michael Elgin versus Tetsuya Naito from the right, New so, Beginning in Osaka. So this is a match I had quite a bit higher too. So we'll talk. Yeah, yeah. So I'll talk more about it later. But what, what, um, where it ended up finishing in ninth place. It did. Um, 138 points, 26 votes, uh, one first place vote. Were you surprised it finished that high? I was, yeah. I, I was expecting it to get lost in the shuffle. Um, were, were you expecting an Elgin backlash to hurt her? Because I kind of expected that. I hadn't really considered it, but now that I think of it, yeah, that yeah. that makes sense. But no, this this match still came through. I'm glad it did because I, I think it was... Uh, I was really worried it would get overlooked, um, but it was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. It was just such a well-built match. Every time you thought it was going to end, it just got hotter and hotter. Um, the crowd was just going crazy, and it was just wonderful. Um, so did you have any other thoughts on it or where where it finished? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose, because I expected this to get more lost in the shuffle, and I expected... Dragon Lee and Hiromu from earlier in the night to get a little bit more notice. So it seems it's that it was Dragon Lee Hiromu that took the hit there. Yeah. And Big Mike and Naito is what everyone remembers from that show. Yeah, that's definitely what seemed like it happened. All right. Thanks, Josh. Uh, Michael, what did you have in ninth? Oh, or ninth? sixth? What am I talking flipped. I flipped the number around. Six. Nice. Uh, my sixth place vote finished 19th on the poll. And it was the highest finishing lucha match, and it was Roosh versus LA Park from March 11th from Baccarat Promotions, and it had it had uh, two first place votes, and it was absolute fucking mayhem, dudes. <laughs> it, um, it, so, so basically, it only had eight people vote for it, but because of those two first place votes, it really got it really finished pretty high. Yeah, and I might have been the lowest voter out of it, considering like the the average points per vote. So. But it was just fucking rad, and it was exactly like like in that series of Roosh versus LA Park matches. It like incredibly brutal. Lots of there was lots of fighting in the crowd. There was boxes of beer thrown. There was uh, LA Park trying to carve up Roosh's forehead with a broken beer bottle, which was a which was a lot for me as I'm a little bit uh, wimpy towards deathmatch stuff. I watched a lot of those. CZW death matches in the mid 2000s and that turned me off of death matches for a long time. But uh I think the reason why I wasn't as high as other people was the finish. It was an it was like another one of Roosh and LA Park aren't going to let the other one have a clean finish over them. So especially Roosh on the Indies, so like it, it it was just a fuck finish at the end and lots of fouls, there was ref stuff, there was a ref fast count. It just got it got ridiculous at towards the end, but everything leading up to it, it was just insanity. And yeah, it, it's exactly what I would want out of an LA park match in 2017. And I'm hoping that 
in 2018 he has more of this madness and hopefully him and Roosh get into it again. The uh, the the best thing about this match is I think you undersold it a little bit, but when L.A. Park walks to the like back of the arena, like leaves, comes back with a bottle of beer and just shot puts it at Roosh's head. Like, yeah, it was insane. I cannot, it's an incredible. It's like the coolest spot of the year. He straight up throws a bottle of beer, like chucks it at his head, full bottle or. Sorry, not bottle of beer, a full case of beer. Yeah. And straight up, like, running ju- running throws it. And, and after that, he finds one of the balls that didn't break, smashes yes. it on the ring post, and decides, all right, that wasn't enough. And that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the, I watched that. I rewatched it over and over, that just one specific spot. I, I have to say there's something about L.A. Park now in his 50s, like just not giving a single fuck in the world. Yeah. It's and incredible. I like that in my wrestling. So, yeah, it was like this is the match that like, I was most excited about writing about after watching it. So I was like, all right, I get to talk about how I almost saw two people murder each other with beer bottles today. Sweet. <laughs> I, uh, thanks, guys. Oh, wait. Why I, not? Okay. More about this I, uh, I do want to say one thing. I'm, when I get to talk about this, I'm going to explain why the finish actually makes it better and okay. is like the ultimate <laughs> commitment to aesthetics. Okay. Uh, oh, one more thing about it. Uh, I said it on the Slack, but it feels like some combination of Rush, of Rush versus L.A. Park makes it in the top 25 every year. <laughs> but from the explanation you guys gave, I don't blame it for making it. Yeah, yeah, and there's a chance that I know Roosh is booked for WrestleMania, and there's a chance that Ellie Park might be bu- be booked for the Crash as well. And I'm really hoping to be front row for this match, a rematch. Oh. I'm hoping that happens, and if I do, I might die. <laughs> All right, so Sue, what did you have in sex? Well, this one's gonna sound familiar. Place in ninth overall from New Japan's New Beginning <laughs> Tour. Michael Elgin versus Tetsuya Naito. All right. So another Elgin Naito voter. Anything you want to add real quick about it? I mean, I was expecting this to suffer greatly from the Elgin backlash. Like, I was expecting this one to be in, like, the 60s. But to see it place ninth was just, like, wow, all right. People, like, this was still... People like, Elgin fucking sucks, but I still like this match, though. (laughs) Yeah, like... The match was good. It do, like what Elgin did doesn't make it worse, but what but Elgin being a good wrestler doesn't make what he did excusable. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. This match was just great. It it just started off like very slow and then just built and built and built and just got more and more just just great. Just great stuff. Yeah. All right, thanks, Sue. And Kevin Hare, what'd you have six? So my number six match is, let me bring up the date right here. It is from October 9th, uh, uh, All Japan, October 9th, Suwama versus Kento Miyahara. And where that And this finished 48 overall, which I, I wasn't really sure where this would finish. I couldn't get a gauge. I figured that it was do pretty well. So here is, is pretty much, I thought maybe it could be a little higher, but... I, I wasn't really sure, so this this made sense. It, it but, had four, yeah, this, yeah, four total votes, and the highest vote was only fifth, so only a little bit higher than where you mm, put it. Yes, so this match is really great. Um, All Japan right now, what they 
do best is when you have two big old style heavyweights just clobbering each other. And that is what this was. Um, it started off cool. It has a really crazy spot in the beginning where Miyahara just gives um, Suwama this running bulldog from the apron to the outside. And Suwama's head just like just gets right across the barricade. He just gets smashed right across it. He looks like he absolutely is the most miserable man in the world. And it is awesome. But then the last like 10 or 15 minutes of this is just big bomb fest. Like it has like a 10 minute long finishing stretch and it is just really, you know, a super white hot cork and hall, um, big kickouts and just all sorts of stuff going on there. And, and like, I of course love a big, bomb fest and this was like the best of the year so um yeah it was great see now all of japan i i feel like this was this year especially like the second half was like the suwama is good again party yeah like basically yeah, suwama, this... between this and the tag to- t- time tag team at ishikawa i feel yeah. like he suwama really got like you know got popular again with the the japanese i mean you, you still have matches that didn't click like the during title match but this was definitely him at his at his peak yeah, for sure. All right, thanks, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Brown, what do you have in sixth place? All right, so at number six, I had Nakajima versus Kano from Noah from October fourteenth. And where did that place? That ended up placing at eighty three, and it looks like I was the high vote on this at six. Yeah, I got four total votes, so a lot of people had it low, I guess. Yeah, well, I. I love Nakajima. I think I'm one of the last people who still does. <laughs> Although he's, had, it's not, he's not, having... It's not a crowded bandwagon. <laughs> no, it's not. I stuck on... I think what you have to realize with him is it didn't work, and you have to put it behind him. Yeah. Now, the facial hair turns a lot of people off, too, but I stick by him. I also grow terrible facial hair, so, man, <laughs> I love him more for this. But this was great. I, I believe this was the first day of the Global League. I don't remember exactly, but they just beat the shit out of each other for like a half an hour. And usually I think 30-minute matches going like – usually I think 30-minute match, 30 30 matches are like inherently bad because most guys can't fill that time very well. Yeah. But here, like they actually told the story of neither guy was be willing to die. And they weren't they weren't trading like crazy moves. It wasn't like some big cardio fest. They were just hitting each other, and hitting each other, and hitting each other. Yeah. But, um, so I love this one. I think I think the Noah matches are ones that really hurt from people kind of just putting like one or two on their ballot apiece. Yeah. But if you didn't see this one and you like that idea, you should definitely watch it. Cool. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Um, so sixth place, I had. Um, Hiroshima versus Konsuke Takashida from Judgment on March 20th. Um, this was the original, someone called it the political hit match because it was like, in, it was in Savage Village at first. And like, you know, everybody was like, what the fuck? Like, how did this match end up in honorable mentions? But, you know, and it turned out to be a mistake. Like, one person's 10th place vote ended up there. But yeah, it was like, or 8th place or something like that. But it actually finished in 28th place. Um, six people voted for it. One person had it first, and it had 43 points total. Um, I'm a little disappointed this couldn't make the top 25 at least. I think I thought this was like by far the best thing DDT did all year. And, you know, just a perfect, like, epic DDT main event with, like, 
two dudes just like just destroying each other down that stretch. It had like one of my favorite stretch runs of the entire year. And, you know, I just, you know, I think I just thought it was like um, as, as, as close to a perfect DDT main event as you could get for that style. So I really enjoyed this a lot and I wish it had finished higher, but what are you going to do? The, the number one was fellow Bernie Spears host Drew. He was the number that one. That doesn't surprise me at all, actually. Yes. <laughs> he and I are very big DDT fans, so I'm not surprised he'd be the one to have it highest of anybody. All right. So, Josh, what did you have in fifth place? I had uh, Okada versus Omega, the 60 minute time limit draw from Dominion. And that finished in the top 10. It actually finished in third place. Um, it had 46 total votes, 13 first place votes. There's like a big drop off from second to third. So like this is basically quite quite behind second, but um, yeah, just kind of just barely beat out Omega Naito for fourth. Yeah, I, it was on the straight to those like seven more first place votes. I expected uh, Naito and Kenny to be higher. I thought uh, uh, Kenny Naito would be number three, and this would be four. But um, I was I think I was expecting the Okada Kenny matches to cannibalize each other a little more. I think a lot, of people had, a lot of people had all three of them on their list, I think. Yeah, I had the, so, the draw and the Wrestle Kingdom one. I was yeah. really surprised that the G1 was as high as it was. Yeah, which I'm certain we might get to if somebody else has. If not, we'll talk about it at the end. But yeah, um, so so you were surprised this finished third. What what about it made it worthy of a fifth-place spot on your list? Um, what made it worthy to me was because it's it's the only 60-minute drive I've ever seen that didn't bore me to tears. Um I think for a match to go 60 minutes and hold my attention for the entire time is astounding. I think it had some of the best uh, spots uh, in any match throughout the year. The The big one is the one where it kind of goes for the Rainmaker and Kenny falls to his knees. I think that spot gets worse every time I see it, but I don't it, know. I haven't seen the match since I first watched it, so maybe, you know. But... They, just, they love to replay that on those package videos, and I don't know, it just doesn't mm-hmm. look. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, I remember this uh, this one V trigger Kenny did to Okada. Uh, Okada was like in the corner on his knees, uh, and Kenny did it to the back of his head, and it was it was like it was just incredible. It was like Kenny floated across the ring, and it was just amazing. But yeah, I, I think it I felt it deserved a place. I, I think maybe I think I liked some of the matches I had lower a little bit more, but I felt it deserved a higher place just because. They did what I don't. I like. I've seen Punk versus Joe, and I just. I don't know. I. I've never seen a sixty-minute draw that actually retained my attention for the entire sixty minutes. So, um, Mike, what did you have in fifth? All right, my fifth place uh, vote and my other Dragon Gate match finished in forty-sixth place, and that's Masaki Mochizuki versus Susumu Yokosuka. It had only three other votes, and its highest vote was third. Which this is like my one like big surprise. I, I had it. I, I had it. I just really quickly. I also had it. I had it higher than you did. But so well, well then I know who that uh, by process of elimination. I'm guessing Jay might have. Jay, Jay I was had the other it higher vote. than you too. No, Jay didn't have it on his ballot at all. Jay didn't have it on his ballot at all. Wow. No, I, okay. I saw, Jay, I saw Jay's entire ballot. Jay did not have it on his ballot at all. Okay, that, you were that's... on the you were on the last round table when I told you how high I had this. You don't remember? Come on, I'm disappointed in you, man. 
Dude, I have no memory whatsoever. I don't remember what I had for dinner last night. But uh, but yeah, uh, this I feel like was the best Dragon Gate singles match since uh, Shingo versus BB Hulk. To be quite the the first one, the one during uh, Hulk's reign, and uh, it just uh, the thing that comes back. I came back to was especially after Yamato's reign, where everything was just really drawn out in my opinion i like the match that like the first 10 minutes built to something it built for susumu taking down mochizuki's leg and then you had mochizuki trying to take out susumu's arm and just the way it built from there it was incredibly well worked it was like only i think 25 or 26 minutes it wasn't a very long match but it ruled i was surprised that only three of us voted for it i figured that I figure that this might have been the one Dragon Gate match that kind of got a little bit of, uh, I guess, steam behind it and get go a little higher than that. I think it actually is the highest Dragon Gate match on the ballots. So, but yeah, that was my number five match. All right, thanks, man. Um, uh, Suit, where did you ha- what did you have in fifth place? In fifth place, a late one. I believe this is the latest one on my list. Uh, November 10th from RevPro's Global Wars UK Night 2. It was Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the British Heavyweight Championship. Sorry, what place did you say it finished? Uh, it finished 24th. I hadn't said 20, it yet. Uh, 20, oh, sorry. It's a, yeah. It's a... uh, yeah, it finished 24th. I was expecting this one in the 40s. Uh, I kind of underrated a lot of the... Uh, the British ones on my list, but yeah, this was uh, this so was someone, just someone, stunning. So what got it in the top twenty five? Is someone had second? That was me. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So we right. had ten total votes, but someone put it second, and it turns out the person's on this podcast. But continue, continue, suit. I mean, yeah, this match was just like I know they they wrestled for progress before. I hadn't seen that match. So this was my first time seeing Osprey and Saber, and it was just so, so fast and so fluid. And you had Saber in his full, in his full-on prick mode. It was just, God, this match was so good. Yeah, and the thing with this match too is that uh, a lot of their other matches have been kind of more exhibitiony, where it's just like, oh yeah, we have the technical guy versus the high flyer guy, but this had more of a story with. Uh, Saber being more of a dickhead in Osprey overcoming that. So yeah, and it was for the like it was main event for the title. Like it kept like it kept going with Osprey's story like worldwide of him never being able to like win that big one all the time. And it's just God. There was a spot where there were a couple spots that stood out to me. One was. Like Will Osprey came into this match and he had like those like suction cup bruises on his back, and Saber like had him in a hold and just started grinding his knuckles into the into the bruises and it was just so sick. And then um, there was another one where Osprey hit the os cutter, but Saber rolled out of the ring like he had the match won, but it just didn't turn out for him. So just. Just a great match here. Hey, thanks, Sue. Uh, Kevin Hare, what'd you have in fifth? So number five is for me was from the G1 on what's the date? Uh, 
the G1 on July 22nd, and it is Kazuchika Okada versus Michael Elgin. Where did where that end finish? Finished 22 with 11 total votes. So the highest vote was actually only one above you. It was only fourth. Very interesting. Yes. So, um, yeah, this match I loved a lot, obviously. Um, this, was the Kirk, I know, this was Kirk and Hall, right? Yeah. This is the Kirk and yeah. one, yeah. This so was, This was pretty crazy. I think that we talked. We definitely talked about this match before, John. Yeah, <laughs> but we uh, <laughs> but um, like the Naito uh, Elgin match from earlier in the year, I know that that resonated with a lot of people. But this, that one didn't, didn't really click for me like this one did. This was just uh, kind of more of a sprint. It was just all out two guys. Just again, it was kind of a bomb fest especially with Elgin, that's where he can be really good. But he's also versatile, can have a good match with almost anybody. But, um, but yeah, this was just another super high crowd at Corkin. Lots of big moves, big kickouts, and it was it was really great. Um, I was figured that it would finish right around here. I, w- I thought maybe it could be a little higher. But, um, but, yeah, I think that it also got lost a little bit in the G1 with just how much stuff there was. And I know that uh, some people didn't like it as much as some other things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Brown, what'd you have in fifth place? Kevin? Kevin? Yeah. So I had (laughs) Kushida versus Hiromu from the dome. Uh, I I don't know. This is my favorite. This is my favorite dome match. So I guess I'm half spoiling my palate for later, but (laughs) I thought this was like the perfect way to introduce somebody new and it just played to every strength that Hiromu has and got him over completely. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think they could have done a better job showing like how insane he is. Now, are you and surprised? So I just are, are you surprised by this finish? Cause I was a little surprised. It finished all the way up in 47th, um, you know, seven total votes, the highest vote being fifth. I really thought this was going to do better than it did, and it didn't even crack the, you know, barely cracked the top 50. I thought it might do a little better, but just there, there were just so many New Japan matches that people voted for, and this one was so long ago. I just yeah. kind of figured, I don't know, then something's going to get shafted here. It's probably the thing that happened a whole calendar year before the votes. Yeah. I and mean, I the, think... thing that, the thing that stuns me, though, is that Goto Shibata fits so much higher, because that finished yeah. 29. No, but the thing, there were people. There were a lot of people who loved that. I don't think there were as many people that loved this one at the time. Gotcha. So I don't know. I thought it had a little more. I mean, obviously, I would have it higher, but. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, thanks, Kevin. And for my fifth place match, I had Kento Miyahara versus the Bodyguard, the Bodyga, as they would say, from All Japan, uh, February 26th, Ileon Arena, Osaka number two. Um, I thought this match was just incredible. It's one of those matches that, like, you have to take the crowd into account almost because the crowd is just so fucking behind the bodyguard. And the bodyguard is just, he's this lumpy fucking short dude who, you know, he throws high kicks and he's old. He's old. Like, he's just, he's just, dude, like, I, if you think he sucks, I can't really argue with you, but I think he's so good at what he does. No, he maybe. fucking owns. <laughs> he found, he found his niche, basically, and he's so good at it, and, you know, in this match, he just throws Miyahara all over the place. Miyahara, of course, and I don't have to tell anybody, Miyahara is incredible, and, you know, the crowd just so wants to see this, this short, squat, old, you know, goateed guy win this title so bad, and just hearing this crowd chant for bodyguard just – 
so loud. It just it just adds so much to this match. Like I can't imagine watching this match on mute. But yeah, it's an incredible match, and you know the kind of match that can only happen. I think like once in your whole life or, you know, the, the crowd probably is not going to be that into the bodyguard next time, but um, it only got three total votes, but someone put it second. And I think that person's on this podcast. Yeah, and... no, that, no, that's <laughs> So yeah. So two of the three people responsible for even getting this match, you know, as high as it is basically are, are both on this podcast. But yeah, I thought this match was fucking awesome. Um, that's my fifth place match. Josh, what did you have fourth place? Uh, I had Ben K, Big R, Naruki Doi, and Yamamura versus Cyber Kong, Ed Linderman, uh, Shingo, and T Hawk from that... oh, Truthgate sorry, Day Two. And where'd that finish? Hundred and third. Hundred and third. Yeah. So, so you were basically it was you and one other guy. One other person the, had it. Nine. The, yeah, and you were the only person that had it this high at fourth. Yeah, so, I I didn't think anyone else would vote. I I thought it would be the only one. Right so this was this was for people who don't remember. This was the Yamamura, um, yeah. like tag match when he had done that twenty minute draw with um with Big Archimedes early in the night, and they added them both to the main event. Yeah, I th- I think that match is required viewing before you watch this match. Yeah. Oh, so totally, what, totally. So what made you love this match so much? Um. Well, this was uh prior to this. I'd only really watched big drag gate matches that got a bunch of hype um and at this point I, I was like just watching new japan i just got so burnt out um i saw a review on voices of um and it just sounded cool so i decided to watch it and it just absolutely rekindled my passion and uh, after this i started watching dragon dragon gate regularly i started looking into ddt stardom um so just absolutely like, I don't know, it just totally made me passionate about wrestling again when I started to get burnt out. Um, It was just so, uh, like, from the very beginning um, and all the way through, it was just filled with action. It was not a dull moment. Uh, Yamamura was absolutely incredible. Um, What I I liked is it wasn't wasn't based around, uh, you know, like your Yamato's, Yoshino's, it was the, the match was the focus was on like Yamamura, Big R, uh, El Linderman, and they were just the absolute stars of the show. Um, I think I would have liked it a little more if I had a better finish, so I had an interference finish. Uh, wasn't that was that the punch to Managa finish? It was, yeah. Oh, that's when Punch revealed himself, is yeah, yeah, he, he a, that, that term really lasted long, <laughs> yeah. He took a shot to the head, Yamamura, while uh, Elenderman was holding him, and it busted him open, which uh, was really awesome. But um, no, I just loved the match. Um, I think it was incredible. I think uh, it suffered from... I, I think a lot of people uh, probably maybe only watched Big R versus Yamamura if they were watching anything, and they just didn't watch this because it just looked like another, you know, Dragon Gate 8-man tag. Um, yeah. I think maybe if more people watched it, it would have... Uh, gotten higher, but thanks to my fourth place vote, it actually placed higher than Big R versus Yamamura. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it placed what exactly? No, no, it tied with it. Did it tie with it? Yeah, so Big R versus Yamamura finished the exact same score and everything two votes, oh, votes yeah, and the, highest, and the highest vote was fourth. So, that's very, um, very, uh, you know, fitting that those two matches placed right next to each other. It's cool, 
All right, thanks, Josh. Uh, Mike, what did you have in fourth? All right, my fourth place match finished 50th overall, and it was ring comp consisting of Walter and Axel Dieter Jr. versus the South Pacific power trip of Travis Banks and 2K Cooper. It was from Progress Chapter, I think it was Chapter... 45. 43. No, 43. 43. 43. Was it not? Yeah, it was from January 29th. Yeah, forty three yeah. was Tropic Thunder Bastard. Forty five was Galvanized. I'm yeah, I'm thinking of Galvanized. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you got a question about progress, just let me know. <laughs> I reviewed all the shows last year. But I absolutely adored this match. I think this was a match that got really hurt by being in January and a lot of other stuff happening in progress since then, especially with uh what what all happened the South Pacific Power Trip with TK Cooper and Dahlia Black both blowing out their legs at different times and their visa situation. So I'm not surprised I finished 50th. Uh, I might have been the highest vote. I had it fourth. But like this was a match that kind of like hit my sweet spot for like what I like in wrestling. So like it just like the way that like everyone had a very, very like great, had a very, very designated role in the match. And each of them like pulled it off to perfection you had like walter who just really this year in 2017 kind of became like this like this was his breakout year i, I think it's fair to say like he was the breakout star yeah, yeah. at least in the west and then uh you had uh you had axel dita jr who was this really good like regal-esque jerk that just like really enjoyed just like torturing the members of south pacific power trip for their lunch money you had cooper who was an absolute dickhead which is one of my favorite character. Like TK Cooper is one of my favorite characters in wrestling. Cause he comes off like such a dickhead, but every single time people see him, like they start to like him more and more and more. And it's really a shame about what happened to him when he was over in the U S during those uh, crossover shows. And then you had Travis Banks who I got, I kind of like grew sour on Travis Banks throughout the year. But like, as this being my first exposure to Travis Banks, he him playing like his Terminator role really worked in the match because as soon as TK Cooper would get the, the shit kicked out of him, he'd immediately tag in Travis Banks and nothing would like affect him. And then like this probably had the best, I think, manager usage out of any tag team in the world is Dahlia Black because she has such a great character and she's willing to get involved and she, you could always count on at least like one crazy bump Dahlia Black will take in a match. And it just owned and... It's a match that I figured it finished in 50th or around that range just because of how early it was. But I wish it finished higher, but it was in it January. Got, it got five total votes, and you were the highest voter in four. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, I love this match too. I mean, just it is a shame what happened with the power with TK mostly because, I mean, not to say what happened with Dahlia isn't as bad. They both broke their leg, but I mean – it was a shame because those two were set to break out. They were going to have the big match with the Young Bucks. That big Dave was going to give four and a half to. And yeah. it was it was just set to be their year. And it, it just, they lost it. And yeah, they were the tag team of the year halfway through. Right. Easily. And, I mean, this might be a hot take, but that match didn't end up being my favorite progress tag match of the year. I ended up, uh, I mean, it's not on my list, uh, but it was War Machine versus the London Riots from 
the the same show Riddle Walter was on, 51. Right. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, that's not to say that uh, the Power Trip Brinkhoff match wasn't absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so, um, Sue, what did you have in fourth place? Fourth place, uh, from January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom, finished second overall, little match called, little match, you might have heard of it, Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada. Mm. My blurb Uh, for this match was, what else is there to say about it? (laughs) Um, so were you surprised this didn't win, or, or were you, um... Pretty, or did you expect it to finish pretty much in second or third? Oh, yeah. I expected this one top five. Well, yeah, I, I think mean, everybody expected top five, but um, did you expect it to win, or did you, were you surprised when it came in below first? No, I, no, I'm not surprised it didn't win because I knew, like, there was one consensus that everybody was going, that there was one match I knew was going to be number one. Mm, and okay. I knew it wasn't going to be. Was, it was really close. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I but... knew the Okada Omega matches. They were going to chip away at each other, and let the real number one get to the top. Yeah. I mean, I say the real number one. I didn't have it first on my list, but gotcha. the number, the match I would presume would end up number one. Right. Which we're gonna. Someone's going to spoil it at some point, so we'll see. Yeah. I'm sure it's on everybody's list. It'll well, not everybody, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, all right, so Kevin Hare, what'd you have in fourth place? So my fourth place is a match that uh, the other Kevin already mentioned, but is Nick Gage versus Matt Tremont from June Tournament of Survival in GCW. And, and it finished like, what, 57. 57. So yeah. were you the high vote on it? Yes. Okay. I was diving. I, I thought I thought I saw fourth as the highest vote. Yep. Yeah. So um so yeah, this match, uh this was the only one of the three that I of their trilogy that I was not at live. After seeing the uh third one live, I thought that I was gonna put it on my list because it's just insane and like a forty five minute craziness. But then re- on rewatch, I think that this one, the condensed version, is better. But uh, but yeah, 2017. One of the major stories for me was the Nick Gage resurgence, where he just he came back again for a second time and was just incredibly motivated. Had a true aura about him, especially in GCW, that um, most people can't have in wrestling. Where most other wrestlers are, um, you can kind of tell that they're there for good matches, and you know there's a bit difference between like the performer and the real person. And they show you that there's a difference there, but Nick Gage is one of the few people in wrestling where you you're getting what you're getting. He's terrifying in all assets. He comes off as a star and um, has a real mystique about him. And so, yeah, so you have him return and this was his first night back earlier in the night. He made his return by just absolutely decimating Jimmy Lloyd in a squash match, squash death match. And then, so this was the big um, built up match with Gage facing Matt Tremont, who after Gage went away and after death matches kind of became uh, out of vogue for a bit. He was the guy that really um, uh, picked up the pieces and carried the torch for it. So you had them meeting for the first time, which was built up really for years. And yeah, this, they just let it all out. Um, especially the first 10 minutes of this are really crazy with just um, 
lots of tubes just back and forth. We talk about the other match where it just kind of is the other Takeda match where it was just kind of a, um, you know, a G1 match, but death match. like good wrestling match with like arm bars and stuff, but just uh, relating it to a death match. This match is not that. This is just <laughs> two brutal, like, guys just destroying each other with light tubes and all sorts of stuff and just trying to be the, the last man to survive. And really all their matches are like this, but this is the one that I like the most. So, um, yeah, I was hoping that it would finish in the top 50, but I'm not really surprised that it didn't since it's such a niche thing. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah. All right, thanks, Kevin. Uh, Kevin uh, Brown, what do you have? Oh, sorry, what's up? Uh, I did just want to say one thing about Nick Gage. Uh, now, I've never seen a match in Nick Gage's live or – well, not even live. Like, I've never seen a Nick Gage match, but he's just somebody who s- comes off as so real. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to say, like, I just wanted to, like, say that because. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the Nick Gage go home John Cena promo is the greatest thing in wrestling. <laughs> so. Um, all right. Kevin, Kevin Brown, what'd you have in fourth place? All right, so get ready. We're spoiling the big one here. Oh, okay. Well, actually, not. Well, the actual list will probably be out by the time this thing's out, right? Yeah, so, the list. Of, yeah. the actual list will be out. Okay, so I'm not ruining anything. Yeah, I have <laughs> the uh, Okada Shibata match here, which finished number one. Yep. So this, go, yeah. So basically, the way that broke down was, um, oh, we might as well get into it now. So Okada Shibata had 774 points. 79 total votes and 31 first place votes. And Okada Omega, uh, January 4th, had 723 points, uh, 73 total votes, and 27 first place votes. So they, they were apparently, from what I was told, Okada Omega was ahead for a long time. And it's a point where people thought this is going to be kind of an upset. But Okada Shibata pulled ahead at one point and just like, you know, it never, I don't think it ever gave the lead up at the end. So um, it just it ends up being the same result as the Omakase poll, too which was Okada Shibata first and Okada Omega second, which I find very interesting. I really wonder now if the Observer poll is going to agree with us, but I have a feeling it actually won't. No, I don't think it will either. Yeah. But I, I was, I'm surprised it was that close. I was expecting this to be a pretty clear number one. Yeah, but, but after, I was that, actually but after that, like third place, Okada Omega from Dominion had 413 points. So there's a humongous drop-off from first and second to third. Yeah, um, man. It was just a two horse race from like from the start, it seemed like. Yeah. I um, really thought it was a one horse race, so I was surprised that this was so close. Yeah. Like I thought that the others were gonna cannibalize themselves so much that this was gonna be But I, I'm telling you, I think a lot of people had like Okada Omega, Okada Omega, Okada Omega. Yeah. <laughs> so um I, I didn't have any of the three on my ballot, but I totally get why people, you know, like those three matches. Um, I, but yeah, Kevin, what do you think about Okada Shibata? I mean, it's the best. It's the best New Japan main event this year. It's probably the best one of this style, maybe ever. I'm trying to think of one I liked more than it, and I can't really think of any. And I don't know. And I, I think some people rate it higher because of what happened after. I don't really take yeah, that into I account. I take that into account. Yeah, I don't take that into account of what I think it is. But. I think I'm not going to be the one who does this real justice, so I'll leave this one for someone else here. All right. Uh, were you surprised at one or no? No, like I said, I'm surprised it won. I th- I figured it was going to win by more than it did. Yeah, I did too, actually. All right, so fourth place, I had uh, Mochizuki and Susumu from Dragon Gate November 3rd, Ideon Arena Osaka. 
Um, this already, I think, who had this already? Mike, right? Yeah, I had it. Um, this ended up finishing in 46th, um, which I think we talked about already. But yeah, it was a, it was a very, it was a very good match. Um, you know, obviously very good for you to put it in my top, in my top uh, four here. What, what I think I liked about it, obviously, is first of all, you have all this history with these two. And that really added to it for me. Um, and oh, so you oh, never so there's three voters. All three voters for this on the podcast. Yeah, so, yeah I'm very surprised we were the only three people who voted. I, this I am too, actually, because you you have it one spot higher than me. You had it third. Yeah, I have a third. Mike had it. What you had six or something? I, I had a fifth. Yeah. So okay, third, fourth, fifth. That's really funny. But yeah, <laughs> all three voters are on this podcast, so that's the only reason why I couldn't get higher. Um, but yeah, I thought this was awesome. Um, you know, I watched it with my friend Sean, who's been on this podcast a bunch of times, and he almost like he compared it to like an old, old school All Japan main event, which I totally get why he made that comparison. Like they just it starts out with like very simple limb work, and they're just working on the arm. You know, Sumer's working on Mochizuki's leg, and Mochizuki's working on Sumer's arm, but then it, like just devolves into them throwing these bombs the entire second half. And I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fucking awesome. You know, the history of the two added a lot to it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a very simple story. So maybe that's what, you know, maybe in a year where there was a lot of really good wrestling, it didn't stand out to people who don't have an emotional investment in the two of them. It's my get, only guess for why more people didn't vote for this. But yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was incredible. And I was glad I watched it unspoiled because I really did think, you know, I knew Suzuki didn't have a chance, but it still felt like he had a chance towards the end there when he was like just larrying the shit out of Mochizuki. So, I forgot um, to mention this when I was talking about it, but the post spots were inc- were incredible in that match. Yeah, where like they kept where like he what he ended up larrying in the post, right? Yeah, Mochizuki kicked the post a couple times yeah. too. Yeah, there were some really cool spots in that match. Um, all right, so Josh, what'd you have in third place? Top three. I had the Wrestle Kingdom Okada Kenny match in third. Was this the highest Okada Kenny match you had, or did you have the G1 match too? No, I didn't have the G1 match. Okay, I just so the, yeah. So what? Why did you put this third? What would you like about this match? Um, I mean, you know, everybody's everybody's talked about this match. Uh, it's just it's just a really good match. It's you know, <laughs> um, it was just a spectacle. If like the over the past year, I think Kenny Omega's developed this specific kind of match that he does he pulls at the table and you know and and this was like he'd done it before this like the first time it really uh he really started to do i think was the mike logan ladder match at dominion the year prior but this was the first time he did it in a big like 40 plus minute main event style match um and it was just incredible um especially i think for the time i think if the dominion and g1 matches hadn't happened uh i think this might be first um not for me but on the overall poll um because i think i don't i don't think they've necessarily uh tarnished its legacy but i feel like this would be looked back at more fondly if it was its own match and the rematch had yet to happen yeah i, I think i think that's probably true yeah um all right thanks Josh. mike what'd you have in third all right, in third, I had Chuck Taylor versus Zack Sabre Jr. from PWG pushing back forward from July 7th. It finished 36th overall, had six votes, and I might have been the highest you vote. Were the, you were the highest vote, yep. I was highest vote at third place. And yes. 
for this was my U.S. match of the year, I guess if we're going to put it down like that. But uh, for like, and my caption was the one you used for this match, and mm. kind of like for a promotion that really only runs maybe one storyline at any given time. I felt like this is the best one that PWG has done in a long time. Basically, outside of the world title picture, they don't do any storylines. But pretty much dating back till until like 2015, they had Chuck Taylor on this huge winning streak. Which in PWG, that means you win like eight matches in a row across two years. So there's that. But uh, and, and the and the commentary was just done by Excalibur on this match, and he really did a great job of hammering home the point the part that like Chuck Taylor has been in PWG for over eight years. And after he kind of got screwed out of the first title match, like this is his last shot at the PWG world title. And for me, like it really showcased drama in a way that PWG usually doesn't. And for me, that really stuck out. Chuck Taylor, I guess might be because of having someone of a similar age. And I've kind of followed him almost all of his career dating back to Jakara. And before then I've always kind of had a soft spot for, and, it was re- and again it was really great storytelling and when it came down to it it went to the usual pwg way of let's have some excess going on including a crazy table made out of chairs and thumbtacks and zach saber jr ordering the bottom rope to be taken out so chuck taylor couldn't reach for it for submissions but then chuck taylor somehow fought out of it and grabbed the second rope to break a hold and then finally winning and it was a really like sweet moment at the end with Trent coming out for the hug and all of that. And it just, it was a great story. And for me, yeah. that was enough for it to be ranked so highly. Um, yeah. I, so my fun fact, my American match of the year wasn't in my top 10. Okay. <laughs> it, was AJ, <laughs> it was AJ Cena, but there and, you go. And by me saying that I had no WWE matches in my top 10 list, uh, yeah. Cena, AJ probably would have made it. And that, I quickly cut that match from my list, but this match yeah, was it the wasn't, one that... it wasn't, AJ Cena wasn't close to my top 10. Yeah. So. It was like yeah. probably like 20th or something. Right. Like I, I, I do like rank. I, I basically take a giant pool of 30 matches and I start winnowing down to 20. Then I start rewatching matches and keep on cutting from there. And no WWE matches, even like the Usos or like the uh, four way at SummerSlam really even stuck with me enough to make my list. So uh. Yeah. All right. Um, um, I did want to say I am upset I didn't get to watch this match. I, uh, I still have the. Li- I mean, yeah. I Mike, Mike this- ripped it for everybody, and I didn't watch it either. So I, I don't know what you're talking about. Mike mailed us all oh, the yeah, DVD. Mike- yeah. <laughs> I, I, I bought everyone a copy and sent them the DVD. John's yeah. a cop. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I, well, what do you, do you think? Super Dragons listen to this, buddy. I think he's gonna be okay. Never I don't know. know Super Dragon. I don't mess yeah, with Super Dragon. No, so, dude, I do not want to eat one of those chair shots. I've, oh, I've had I've had my run in with Super Dragon. I'm still alive. <laughs> can't, can't say Super anything. Dragon. If you listen to this, I think I'm the only one not in the Slack, so I never got this loop of whip. <laughs> so no, you and you and no, like you and Josh actually. So. Okay, so yeah, I'm not the only. We're good. The rest yeah. of you, dude, you're getting share shots to the head. The rest of us, we're good to go. <laughs> I don't need another. I don't need another concussion. I've had six in my life. Oh my god! I played soccer and I was not very good at it, but I was very, very aggressive. All right. Uh, thanks, Mike. Suit. What'd you have in third place? Third place, November 9th from Rev Pro's Global Wars UK Night One. 
This place 34th overall. Uh, this was Keith Lee versus Tomohiro Ishii. So it, that got eight total votes. Your vote was actually the highest vote and it finished with 35 points. Did you expect us to finish any higher? Uh, I expected it right around the 30s. So uh, it finished around where I thought it would. Um, but yeah, man, this was just, this was awesome. Like, Ishii is so great. And this was, we, we've been talking about breakout years. Keith Lee has really broken out this year in Evolve. And just these two came together and had. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.